Knox Game Design. March 2021. Sorting. Welcome everyone to Knox Game Design for March 2021. So this month the topic is going to be sorting. I just want to mention I had a little bit of a technical issue last month. Uh, I used the new studio layout in OBS and I didn't realize that the video that was being captured wasn't the live video. You actually have to push that over. Uh, but fortunately it still did capture my desktop. So the talk on mazes, I was able to salvage it. Uh, it just doesn't have me, it doesn't have a picture of me on there. So let's go ahead and get started. So yeah, this month is going to be about sorting. Uh, just a quick overview what I'll be talking about. So I feel like sometimes I don't give a good explanation at the beginning of what I'm going to be talking about. So yeah, this is going to be the basic. So in order to sort items, you need to know how to compare items. So I'm going to start out talking a little bit about comparing. And then I'm going to talk about the different algorithms. Algorithm is just basically uh, a set of steps on how to sort uh, a group or collection of items. And the runtime is actually how fast those will run as you increase the number of items. Uh, and then I'm going to go over multiple implementations. I actually worked uh, quite a long time on this presentation, probably a lot more than a lot of my other presentations. So I, I, I did implementations in Unity, and for each of these implementations, I did a sorting of integers, a sorting of character strings, and a sorting of objects. Um, because each one of those is usually a little bit different. Uh, so I did Unity, C Sharp, Game Maker in the GML language, uh, Godot with GDScript, Unreal Engine with C++, and Pico 8 with Lua. So why is sorting important? So if you if if you play a lot of games, you'll probably see uh, some sort of sorting in those games, especially in games like RPGs where you have a lot of items with different attributes like cost or attack damage or defense. Uh, I have some examples here like in World of Warcraft, uh, you have the auction house, so it's very beneficial to be able to sort those items in, in the auction house. You can sort by which ones are near an ex expiration, uh, you can sort by cost, you can sort by the seller, so things like cost and uh, well, it is the actual energy value. Uh, a user's name sometimes those are represented by ids but the actual character strings that's a string of characters so that's a little bit different than comparing integers um and other examples are like a racing game we have multiple racers and they all have different lap times and overall times you need to sort those times uh, games like Final Fantasy is you have an inventory screen and then you can go in there and sort those by item type or the number of items or the rarity of the items, things like that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how to actually compare items. So if we're comp comparing items by integer value and integer, just a different uh, name for like a whole number. Uh, integers do have limits on the different architectures, but generally you can just think about integers like the whole number. 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, negative uh, 1, negative 2. I'm not going to be talking about negative numbers in this, but uh, just any whole number. So comparing two numbers, whether one is greater than or less than, is like that's something that we, a lot of us learned in elementary school. 2 is greater than 1. 42 is greater than 41. 
10 is less than 20. I mean, uh, just basic comparing of integers. Uh, so a character is what most of us know as the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Uh, those can be either uppercase or lowercase, but characters can also be symbols, like anything you see on the keyboard, uh, like a asterisk or a question mark or uh, a period. So generally in this talk, I'm just going to be talking about sorting alpha, generally alphanumeric characters and not talk about the uh, special characters, but each character is represented by an integer value. And, and on most systems, this can be translated to the ASCII integer value. And ASCII stands for American Standard Code for Information Interchange. I always get that wrong. Uh, so don't hold me to that. So what I always memorized when I was a teenager is capital A is 65. If you remember, capital A is 65 and lowercase a is 97, then you can, in your head, derive any other value. Okay, so the way that you derive the value of any character, so... If J is the 10th letter, you subtract one from that, then add that to 65. So that gives you 74. Or T is the 20th letter, so subtract one off that, 19, add that to 65, then you get 84. And you can do the same thing with the lowercase letters. And also, the numbers also have an ASCII character value, such as 0 is 48. Um, and there can be tricks in sorting... Uh, and comparing numeric values. So, so for instance, if you have a 5 and a 10, if you compare those by the actual character values, a 5, a 1 is going to be less than a 5. So that 10 is going to come before your 5 because you're comparing the first each digit slot. Uh, so that's when you got to play some tricks and either like pad your 5 with a 0 before or do some other uh, tricks behind the scenes. But we're not going to worry about uh, numbers in our character string conversion. We're not going to worry about numbers for string comparisons in this talk. So a string is basically a collection of characters. So characters is A, B, C, D. Uh, so a string is a collection, a word, or a sentence divided up by spaces, things like that. And most of those are terminated by a null character value, which is the ASCII value zero. A lot of times you'll see a backslash zero uh, to, to represent that null character value, and that's what terminates your string. But a lot of times you don't have to worry about that. You just put it in double quotes or single quotes, and the programming language takes care of that for you. But you got to watch out when you're comparing character strings, kind of like with the numbers, so each language is a little bit different. So in some languages are case sensitive. So if you have Apple and all uppercase, and then you have aardvark and all lowercase, then aardvark should come before Apple because that second character, the, the A, is less than a P. But if... So if you look at the ASCII values of the second character, a P, capital P is going to be 80, and that's going to be less than a lowercase a, which is 97. So that's going to make Apple appear before aardvark. So there are some tricks you can do if that's if you want to do a, a true sort and make that case-sensitive comparison insensitive, you need to convert all those characters to uppercase or convert them to a, st a standard case before you do the comparison. But a lot of other languages, they do case-insensitive comparisons, so then it will automatically take care of 
putting aardvark before apple. And then in this example, I have cat, dog, elephant, and zebra. And they're all different cases. Some have the initial capital letter. Some are all lowercase and some are all uppercase. So uh, most of the times you want to do a case insensitive search. And I'm not going to talk about it in this presentation, but some other things that you may want to sort as I talked earlier, is like time. Um, what you want to do with time is uh, sort by the lowest common, like the lowest common denominator. Like if you got a time in seconds, you want to convert everything to seconds or minutes or milliseconds or whatever. You just want to make sure you take like the hours, the minutes and seconds and, and multiply all those out. Like uh, I think it's minutes times. So if you're converting everything to seconds you want to multiply your minutes times 60 then add to your seconds and then multiply your hour by 60 times 60 which is 3600 and then add that onto your seconds so you just have one integer value for your entire your entire time value and also dates with dates you want to uh, convert everything to a common starting point in time so as far as we know time i don't know it, it could be uh, the starting of time. That's a that's a theological discussion. We'll say for another time when the uh, time started. But in most computer set systems, they have epoch time, which is set to uh, January first, nineteen seventy. So you convert everything into the number of seconds or milliseconds since January first, nineteen seventy. So. I was talking a little bit about these character values, these ASCII character values. How do you, if you have a character, how, you, how do you actually convert that into its numeric value? Well, here's some examples. So for C and C++, all you do is cast it. Cast it as an int. Put int in between parentheses. That's what casting does. Convert one data type to another. So pretty simple there. Uh, Java, if you have a, a string, like right here, str, then what you want to do is do stir, then char at, then the, the position of that character in your string, and then cast that as an int. C sharp, uh, you can just take that string and put it between square brackets to get the character at that position, then cast it as an int. But in a lot of scripting languages, as you see down here, such as Ruby, Python, the GameMaker, GML, they use what's called ORD, which I think stands for ordinal. Could be wrong about that. But for instance, in Ruby, you can do stir your string dot ORD, and that will return the numeric value of the very first character of that string. Uh, Python, you can use ORD, and then put your string within... Uh, uh, parentheses, pass it into the parameter, and the same with GameMaker GML. So that's going to return the ASCII character value of that first character. Uh, I think to get at a specific position, you usually just have to put it within the square brackets, as I mentioned earlier. So for comparing strings, as I talked about a little bit earlier, most uh, most languages, I think a lot of this started out with C. Um C had strcomp, strcmp, which is which was in the string.h library in, in ANSI C. So that took two parameters, uh, one, two character strings. So character string, as I mentioned earlier, it's like a word or a sentence uh, within uh, usually within double quotes, and you'd pass those two parameters to your strcomp uh, function, 
And then if it was less than zero, then your first string was smaller than the second one. And then if it returned exactly zero, then those two strings are equivalent. In Java, you can do take your first string, then do dot, then compare to, then pass in the second string, and it will return the same negative one, zero, or one, uh, whether the first string is smaller or larger than the second string. Uh, C sharp is very similar. You just a little bit similar, but it's a little bit different. Instead of calling this method on your string object, you just use the string class. You do string dot, then compare with the C capitalized, then pass in your two string values. And I believe that also returns a value negative one, uh, zero, or one. In Ruby, they have what's called the spaceship operator. So you just take the first string and you do less than, equal, greater than, than the second string. And I believe that also returns a negative one, zero, or one. Python, I couldn't find any string comparison. So, but you can directly compare the two strings using a less than or a greater than uh, symbol. And GameMaker GML is the same thing. You can do first string equals the second string. So. Before I talk about the sorting algorithms, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this asymptotic notation. Um, if you get into calculus, you'll learn about asymptotes, kind of like how you're taking a derivative as as the number increases and num along your along a 2D graph on a number line, your values will converge onto a standard line, whether that just be a uh, a, a linear slope which is a straight line, diagonal line, or like a, 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 an exponential will go like this, like a parabola, and then you have logarithmic, which kind of goes a little bit down and up, things like that. So for runtimes for algorithms, like we want to know how to actually, like it says here, how to measure how long each of these algorithms take as you increase an infinite number of items to sort. And what I learned was the, the, these three different ways to measure that. Uh, this big theta, big O, and big omega, big omega. These days you'll probably hear a lot about big O and everybody just ignores big theta and big omega. Everybody talks about big O and they just ignore big theta and big omega. And I have the book right here. Yeah, so this is the book that I used at Georgia Tech for computer theory, and it's actually uh, by Corman, Leeserson, and Revist. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I think that's the same Revist that's in the RSA algorithm for cryptography. But it goes into a lot of different sorting algorithms and runtimes and things like that. So... Um, one thing I wanted to mention about this, because I think there's some misinformation or some difference in nomenclature about these things. The way I learned it is this isn't a best case or worst case scenario. These are the upper and lower bounds of the asymptotes for the runtime of each of these algorithms. So big theta means um, is an upper and lower bound. So it's going to like converge directly in between that function as you go into an infinite number of of, of items. Big O is only an asymptotic upper bound, so you might have values below, but you're not going to have any bigger. Now, when you, the function starts out, when the initial runs of it, you may have some values above or below, but as you go out into infinity, that's a, an, a solid upper bound 
as you go out to, to infinity. Then big omega is just different, just the opposite. It's the lower bound as you go out into infinity. So some people will say this is, some people will say big O is the worst case scenario, but from what I read about sorting algorithms, you can have a big O for the best case scenario, and you can also have a big O for an average case scenario, and you can also have big O for worst case scenarios. So some of these sorting algorithms, may they may have a big O of N for average, then big O of 1, which is just constant, for the best case scenario, which is usually means uh, the items are already sorted for you, so there's no processing involved. And also there's something called uh, little o and little omega. I haven't heard much about that, but it's in the book. Um, and those that basically means it's not asymptotically tight. So I think that means it will get close, but it never will actually, I don't know, reach that value. I'm not sure. Uh, everyone out there can research little omega and little o if they choose to. So as I was talking about, here's some of the common run, run times measured in big theta. You can also use big O. Um, so big O of 1 is constant. The way I think I talked about this in one of the previous talks, but that means like if you have an array and you know exactly where in that array you need to go to to get your value, you just go directly there. That's constant time right there. You just go directly there. No search involved. Linear time means you have like an array and you want to find the largest value in that array. So to do that, you have to visit each value in that array. And want, and every time you find a larger value than the current one that you've, the current largest one that you've already found, you have to change that. So in order to get that value, you got to go through n values. If your array is n items, you got to go through all n values in that array uh, to find out what the largest value in there is. So that's linear time. Logarithmic time, I don't know how they calculate logarithmic time. I just know that it's greater than linear and it's less than quadratic. And how they actually drive that, uh, that's something everyone can research. Uh, a lot of times you'll see in login, I think for quick sort runtime. So um, it's good to have logarithmic beats quadratic, polynomial, and exponential. So quadratic is a special case of polynomial. So that just means it's n squared runtime. Then polynomial means n to a constant value. Um, and then exponential is 2 to the n. So that's so that runtime is just going to shoot off straight up. And typically in computing, you want to get everything at least polynomial time. So I know I've played games, like if you play a game on a really old computer, like a chess game, and it's got to figure out, you play your, your moving chess and you're playing against the computer opponent, and then there's this like hang right when it's the computer's turn. You might see the little hourglass there. That's because it's of this runtime right here. It's taking a really long time to come up with the best answer. So there's ways you can improve that, but um, right now the best computers, they can't solve uh, exponential problems. A good example is, I might have talked about it last month, is a traveling salesman, kind of like when I was talking about maze generation. Uh, and oh, by the way, I want to go ahead and mention, I did get the Mazes for Programmers book uh, by uh, Jameis Buck. 
So I really like this. It, it actually goes into a little bit more details than, uh, than just the web post. So I definitely recommend if you like the web post. And it's color. It's got color pictures. I really like color pictures of the mazes. It's got a whole bunch of different algorithms. I think I'm still on like chapter, I'm still on chapter one. So I'm just now getting into this book. But it goes over like triangle mazes right there. And, and, and uh, what is that? Hexagon mazes. And all sorts of different algorithms. So he starts out really slow, just saying, hey, here's how you can actually make a maze on a napkin, uh, how to draw it out. And then he gets into doing examples uh, using code, things like that. So, yeah. So far, I'm really liking the Mazes for Programmers book. So this came like a day after I didn't recorded my talk. So unfortunately, I didn't have it in time for the talk, but I got it now. So here are some of the sorting algorithms. So the first one that I learned was bubble sort. I think I learned this probably in CS1501 at Georgia Tech, uh, where we were just doing pseudocode. And so bubble sort, you have a you have your array of random values, and then for each value, uh, you're going to compare that one with all of the following values, and then until you find one that let's see here yeah you go all the way through all the values and it bubbles up all the way to the top until uh there are only values greater than that one so then it's going to loop through as many times as the array size is so it's going to if you have n number of values in your array it's going to leap through there bubbling up each value uh to the top and there's actually a cool program. I think I talked about this on an earlier talk as well. It's called the sound of sorting. And sometimes you got to play around with this to get it get it to work the way you want to. Because by default, it makes a lot of noises and everything. But you can go in here and like bubble sort and say reset and run. So it's going to actually show you each of these values bubbling up to the top. You can't speed this up a little bit. So that's bubble sort. So insertion sort is another one that is commonly used. So for each item, you're going to go through each index and at that index, you're going to compare that value with all the preceding values that came before. So it's kind of like opposite of a bubble sort. And then if it's lower than the preceding value, then it's going to switch those two. But if it's not lower, then it's just going to stay in place. So I'm going to bring up insertion sort, reset, run. <laughs> So you can see there the green bar, each index, and then it's going to compare with the ones before. So heap sort, uh, I'm not going to go into the details of heap sort, but just know that it does run in big O of n log n or big theta n log n for average runtime. This is actually in uh, heap sort right here, sort run. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
So from what I understand, it kind of builds an offside the heap. So that's another thing I didn't mention earlier. Uh, another way to classify sorting algorithms is whether it sorts in place or not in place. So if it sorts in place, then you have your memory allocated for your array, and it's going to start swapping those values in and out in that one chunk of memory. Now, if it doesn't sort in place, it's going to take that, and I think like merge sort here, I think it pulls that off and then stores some of those values off to the side, then adds it back in. So the simplest sort you can do, and I don't even know if there's a name for this, maybe lazy sort, <laughs> I've done this, uh, just take each value, find like the lowest value in the array, iterate over the array, then store that off into a new array, and then find the next lowest value and keep deleting those off and add it to a new array, then copy your new array back into all the array. Now that would be a sort not in place. So I'll just mention some of these. Other. So we looked at merge sort. Here's quick sort, average case, in login, and then the worst case is big theta n squared. So a lot of these, if you just have a few values, it may be uh, beneficial, but as your data size grows. So some of these, if the data is already in uh, an optimal condition, like they're already nearly sorted and things like that, it will have a... Uh, a, a lower big n value. And by the way, some of these uh, you may see like big O of one, uh, but it would actually be like a three or five. Those constant values are usually dropped off unless it's in the uh, in the exponent there. So this program has like five or six different quick sorts with left and right pointers. And also, uh, already didn't work, so counting sort. So I don't have, yeah, so this has a lot more, this has many more different algorithms in this than this in my algorithm book. So it's kind of neat just to check out, but yeah, you'll probably never really actually be concerned about which sorting algorithm that you're using. But sometimes it's nice to see if you look in the, the API documentation, if you look up the sort function for different languages, it'll actually say, hey, it uses a quick sort or a heap sort or whatever. So first of all, we're going to start out with Unity, since Unity is usually pretty popular. So I'm going to give an example of how to sort an array of integers. I think sorting a list of integers is similar. You may have to convert your list to an array beforehand. I'm not sure. Uh, but the first thing you want to do, first thing that caught me was you have to have using system in your header. Now, if you have using .system, system.collections, using system.generic and all that, it doesn't matter. you got to have using system in, uh, in your header there. So if you try to do this and you don't have that in your header, then it's, it's not going to... If you don't have that at the top of your file, it's not going to work. So all you do is create your array. Your array. Uh, you can defi define an array of ints by using int, then the square brackets, and then the name of your array, then equals, and you use your curly braces, and you put your integer values in there. So I just came up with some random values. This was actually the values that was on my, I think, thermometer and clock at the time, time and day, and the temperature value. Uh, and then I'm gonna I have like three text GUI text, not GUI text, the UI text fields, so I can display some output. And then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna loop over every value in this array, and 
put that as an unsorted value in the first text field that I'm going to use. So you got to make sure you do array.sort and then pass in the name of your array. Then put that in parentheses and uh, semicolon. So it's kind of like a, a, a class function right there. And then we're going to just loop over that again after it's been sorted and then put those values in the second column. So you can see the output right here. It puts 75, 59, 11, 35, 3, 10, 20, 21, and sorted 3, 10, 11, 35, 59, 75, 20, 21. So I actually have it in Visual Studio right here. So I'll put all this code out on uh, online on GitHub, linked from the Knox Game Design website. But I have it set up right here in your start method. You can comment comment out or uncomment comment the sort that you want. So the first one is display sorted ints. So here it is, display sorted ints. So this is exactly what I just showed on the uh, on the slide right there. So you press play, then it shows exactly what was on the slide: the a list of unsorted ints, then a list of sorted ints. So that that's all there is to it. Um, pretty easy. Right, so the second, the second sort we're going to sort strings in Unity in C sharp. So you create a string array very similar to how you create an int array. Just say string all in lowercase and square brackets. The name of your string array, the equal sign. Then inside curly braces, you put the different strings separated by commas. Uh, so we're going to use the same output. Uh, we're going to print out all those values uh, into the first column and then do array, the word array with a capital A dot sort, sort with a capital S and pass in that array as a parameter. Then we're going to print all of those values out uh, in the second column. So you look right here, it, it actually does a case insensitive comparison. So here we have orange, banana, grapes, watermelon, lemon, and apple, all different cases. And that she sorts them based on a case insensitive search. Now, if this was case sensitive, then it would have put like apple with a lower, starting with a lowercase a behind banana with a capital B. So with the uh, unity C sharp array dot sort, you don't have to worry about that. And. So to see that in the demo, just come over to the code and we want to comment out display sorted ints and then we're going to uncomment out display sorted strings, save that, and there it is. The two list, the, the unsorted list of strings and the sorted list of strings. And the third example that we're going to do is sorting objects. So objects are a little bit different. Uh, so it's object-oriented programming. So it's kind of like a structure where you have an object where you have a data structure that contains multiple different values, which can be integers or strings or floats. Uh, and typically objects also have methods as well. So that was, that's what makes an object or a class different than uh, just a regular structure. But yeah, so I got this example class that I made that you might see like in an RPG, uh, which is a weapon. And I'm going to use the same example through all the different 
game development environment. So the weapon weapon is this case is going to be very simple. It's going to have a name. It's going to have a cost, like you're buying it in the shop. How much does it cost? We don't care if it's gold pieces or dollars or rupees or whatever. It's just an energy value. It's a whole number value. And then an attack, which is also an integer. Um, but you can also, you could have put floats or whatever. Uh, typically don't sort bulls, but maybe you could do a bull as well. I don't know. Um, yeah, so in Unity, what you need to do is on your class definition, in this case weapon, you need to extend the I comparable class. And then in, in, in angled brackets, you put in that weapon class. So you're going to take this weapon and compare it to another weapon. So this is going to tell the sort algorithm how to actually sort these objects. Because if you just pass a, uh, an array uh, of objects to your sort method, it's not going to know whether it's supposed to sort it on name or if it's supposed to sort it on cost or sort it on attack. So you actually have to implement this compare to method right here and it's going to return an int just like that old stir comp in C. It's going to return negative one, zero, or positive one. Now, I think some languages just say it has to be greater than zero or less than zero. But for all these examples, I'm just going to say it's negative one, zero, or one. So what you're going to do is with that weapon that you're passing into this function. So that's the other weapon that you're comparing it to, the other weapon object. You're going to compare that to this weapon object. So I have this broken out into a switch statement right here. So I got all three uh, sorting values broken into a switch statement. So if we want to compare by cost, all we do is set this type uh, to zero then it's going to say, okay, if I cost, if the cost of this weapon is greater than the cost of the weapon that's being passed in, then we're going to return a 1. Uh, else, if the cost of uh, this weapon is less than the cost of the weapon passing in, then we're going to return a negative 1. So I just assigned this to an I return uh, integer variable right here. Then I just return that I return at the end. You could technically probably just do a return one right here but I just want to keep things clean for this example so yeah that's all there is to it uh, and, then the, and then when you do your array.sort then it will sort based on uh, that values so if you want to sort by name all you do is change that type to one which is actually what it shows in this slide right here so if we're comparing by uh, string or by name, then we're going to, like that earlier slide that I had that had the different comparison methods, we're going to use string.compare with a capital C. Then we're going to pass in the name of this weapon and then the name of the weapon being passed in as a parameter. So that's going to be compare surname. I could have put this or self or whatever it is in C sharp. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Um, I think it's, yeah, I'm not sure if it's self or this. It's one of the two. Uh, dot surname and then the surname of the weapon that's being passed in. Then we're just going to return that value because this compare value is already going to give you a 1, 0, or a negative 1. So you don't have to break that out into an if-then statement. And oh, by the way, in the previous comparison that I just talked about, I already have return set to 0 by default. So I don't have to have a specific else if or else for setting return value to zero. It's just 
We're just gonna assume it's equal by default. So for the objects, just gonna comment out display stored strings. And so first of all, with weapons, we're gonna actually have to build a list of weapons. And I got that in this parser, parse weapons. So I actually have that. This is like my quick and dirty way to define values. So I have uh, weapons right here in a text file, comma separated. And then I have a parser class that's going to take that resource as a parameter. Then we're going to use as a text asset parameter. You just pull it in there. Then we're going to say, okay, get the value in that, that text asset and get the text value on that. Then that's going to be the contents of that file as a string. So then we can part loop through that string splitting using the dot split command. So we're going to split on backslash in, which is the new line. So we're going to look at every line. And then within that line, we're going to split on the commas. So if we got three tokens in that line separated by commas, then we're going to assign those values um, to a new weapon. And then the weapon has a constructor, which takes in a string as the first parameter, which is the name, uh, an integer as the second parameter, um, with it, which is an int, and then it's going to take another integer in as the third parameter, uh, which is the third value. But you got to be careful because by default, all of these, when you parse these values out, they're all going to be strings. So you got to convert your strings to integers. And you do that by using int.parse with capital P. And I think there's a way to throw a number format exception if it's not in the right number format, if it can't turn it into a number. But anyway, that's the parser. So here's our display weapons right here. So first of all, we're going to part we're going to make a list of weapons by using that parser. Then we're going to call list weapons, then we're just going to use that same dot sort uh, method right there. Yeah, we're just going to call dot sort on it. And then we're going to display the weapons. So we're going to just going to print out the Actually, we're going to split these out into three separate columns. So for every weapon, you're going to print out the name, the cost, and the attack. Let's see if that works. Nope. I didn't save. Save. Yeah, so here we go. So I actually took these names from the original Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest. Now, I kind of changed up the cost and attack, and some of these may not make any sense, but I just did it to show that there's a difference in sorting by cost and then sorting by attack. Uh, generally, as the cost goes up, the more attack value you're going to get. But maybe you assume, assuming one of these has magical powers or something, it has really low attack, but it has a high magic value, or it has some special property, which makes it expensive, but maybe have a low attack value at the same time. So now we're going to change. So if I was using this in a real game right here, weapon, I would probably have like a static value instead of having this as a, a local value for this function. I probably have this like a static or something. That way the user could change what they want to sort by in the game. Then you just change a static value right here. That way you're not having to manually go in and change it or have multiple fun comparative functions or anything like that. But there's multiple ways to handle that. So if we want to sort by 
cost, we just change that to a zero. Then run it. So now we got 100, 150, 180, 560, 640, 980. These are out of order and these are out of order. But it's all ordered by cost. <clears throat> then if we want to order by tack, just change that to a 2. Sort it. Now we got attack 8, 15, 15, 24, 35, 40. So that's sorting objects in Unity. That's all there is to it. So I'll put the code out there. Get it at noxgamedesign.org. I'll link to it. And here's just another. This is what I just showed in Unity right here. The unsorted, sort by name, sort by cost, sort by attack. So the next uh, game development environment we're going to look at, which is also pretty popular, I know, at least with Knox Game Design, is Game Maker. So in Game Maker, you basically use array underscore create to create a new array. If you don't know how large it's going to be, you can just pass in a zero. I think you can pass in a value if you know how big it's going to be, but I'm just going to say we don't know how big it's going to be. Pass in a zero as the size and let it automatically resize itself. Then you assign that to your array. So in most of these examples, I'm just going to call it my array. So we do my array gets array underscore create and pass in zero as a parameter. Then we're going to set those same values that I used in the last example. 75, 59, 11, 35, 3, 10, 10, 2021 as integers we're going to assign those into the different array values so for displaying this some of these languages they update every frame and i don't want to run the sort on every frame so what i'm going to do is create a, a, another array called my array sorted so my array sorted, we're going to use the same array create. Then we're going to copy the same values from that first array using the array underscore copy function. We're going to pass in the first the the, the sorted array, the, the the array that we want the sorted values to be uh, copied into, then zero, then the original array, and then the or length of the original array. So I was going to copy all of those unsorted values in the original array to this new second array. And like I said, the only reason I'm doing this is so I can display both the unsorted array and the sorted array at the same time. Otherwise, if I was actually doing this in a game, I would just sort the original array and not worry about it because I'm not worried about showing the unsorted array. So then after we have that new array copied over, all the values copied over, then we're going to call array underscore sort on that sorted array and then we're going to pass true and i can't remember what true i think true either sorts it ascending or descending i could be wrong about that uh but yeah so in uh, so that's in the create method of our object and then in the draw gui begin then we're going to set the draw color to white we're going to draw some text, just say it's unsorted for the first one. Then we're going to loop through every value of that original unsorted array. And then uh, we're just going to write those values down vertically. And then we're going to do the same thing for the sorted value. So you see the output right here on the right side. So it's unsorted, 75, 59, 11, 35, 3, 10, 20, 10, 
2021. And then sorted as 3, 10, 11, 35, 59, 75, and 2021. So that's all you had to do. You just call array sort for integers and it sorts it for you. So here's Game Maker Studio. So I'm using Game Maker Studio 2. I'm not sure there was a big leap from Game Maker 1 to Game Maker 2 or 1.4, whatever it was. So sorting in Game Maker 1.4 may have been different. Okay, here it is. So here's to create. And I have this on an object called sort int array. And here's to draw goo begin. Now what we want to do, so for each of these objects, I drag, drag one of these sorting demo objects into the room. So I think I can just disable. So I want to disable sort string and sort. So I just want to sort it in an array. So let's press play here. <clears throat> yeah, so there it is. It's kind of hard to see, but uh, yeah, unsorted, then sorted right there. So for the string array, we're going to go back to our workspace. And this is also in the slides. So GameMaker, opposed to Unity, is case sensitive. So capital letters, if you have something starting with capital letters, it's going to be sorted before things with lowercase letters. Um, you can define a sort function to do a case instance of sort. So here we have the create. We're going to do the same thing as we did with ints, but we're going to have our fruit right here, our fruit strings, orange, banana, grape, watermelon, lemon, and apple, different cases, for capitalization cases for each. We're going to create a sorted array. Then we're going to copy the uh, unsorted items into the uh, sorted array. Then we're going to call array sort and use that true. And so we're going to do two different things here. We're going to have two sorted arrays. We're going to have an array sorted by with an insensitive, which is by default. And then a or by default, it does a case sensitive search, sort. <laughs> And then we're going to do a case insensitive sort. So to do the case insensitive sort, we're going to copy those values into an insensitive sorted array. And then what we're going to do is we're going to call array sort, pass in that array that's now unsorted. And then we're going to pass in the name of the function, which is case insensitive sort. So I have that function defined right here. So you just use the name of the function, equals, and actually the keyword function. Then you pass in two parameters. We're going to have star1 and star2, which are two strings. Then we're just going to convert those two strings to uppercase by using string underscore upper. So if string underscore upper, and then you pass in the first string, is less than string underscore upper, and then pass in the second string, then we're going to return a negative one. Uh, if the same thing is true but using a greater than symbol then we're going to return a one otherwise just we're just going to return zero so that's all in our create method and then in draw GUI begin we're going to set the color to white then we're going to draw text unsorted loop through all the values in the unsorted array print those out loop through all the values in the sorted array the sorted case sensitive uh, sort 
leak through all those, print those out, then leak through all the values in the sorted insensitive sort, uh, and print those out as well. So have that right here. Here's our function for do the, doing the insensitive sort, and here's where we're setting up our two sorted arrays right here. And then we want to go back into the room and disable the sort in array and enable the sort string array object and run that. So yeah, here's we have our three columns. I know it's kind of hard to see. I don't have a magnifier program running right now. But uh, yeah, so the first column we have orange, banana, grapes, watermelon, lemon, and apple for the unsorted. And then for the sorted, we're going to have the four that started with a capital letter, banana, lemon, orange, and watermelon. Watermelons and lemon are actually all in capital letters. They're going to come before apple and grapes because those both of those start with a lowercase letter. And then in the insensitive case, insensitive sort, well, we have apple, banana, grape, lemon, orange, watermelon, where case doesn't matter. Um, just for kicks, let's see here. I'm going to change tree here to false. Run that. Yeah, so if you pass in, if you instead of a function, if you pass in false, and that's going to do a case-sensitive sort descending. So we're going to have the two values that start with lowercase, grapes and apples at top. Then we're going to have watermelon W, then orange O, lemon L, then banana B. We're going to have B at the very end, capital B at the very end. That all goes back to that ASCII character value that I was talking about earlier. So here's how to sort objects in Game Maker. So an object, we're going to create the same array, my array, array create zero. Then we're going to create multiple weapons. So we're going to have weapon. I bet this is going to get flagged because I'm mentioning weapon an awful lot. <laughs> That's going to be unfortunate. I should have picked something, some some other demo. I should have picked, I don't know. But yeah, we got weapon there. So we got a weapon. We create a new object using instance underscore create layer. I think there's another way to create objects. I know, in, and it's different in 1.4. So in Game Maker 2, you actually had to start passing in the layer ID. So we're just going to pass in 0, 0, 0, then, then the weapon. And then we're going to use weapon.sternname and pass in the name. For instance, here's a club. Weapon.icost gets 640. Weapon.iattack gets 24. Then we're going to assign that new weapon object into that array using my array. Then square brackets zero to weapon. Then the next instance, we're going to assign it into one, two, and all the way down until we define them all. There's probably some neat way to load these in with a file in Game Maker. I just don't know how to do it, and I didn't, I didn't feel like taking the time to figure out how to load a file in Game Maker, but I'm sure it can be done. So to sort, so as with the other object sort, by default, it's not going to know how to sort these. It's like, okay, you gave me a list of objects, but I don't know what to sort it by. 
So the first we're going to sort by cost. So what we're going to do is create a function just like we did earlier. We're going to do weapon underscore cost underscore sort equals in the keyword function. Then we're going to pass in, just like we did with the string comparison, we're going to pass in the two weapons, weapon one comma weapon two. Those are going to be your parameters. So you set those, so based on what you return from this function, that's going to determine how your objects are sorted. So we can do if weapon one dot I cost is less than weapon two dot I cost, return a negative one because it's less. Else if weapon one I cost is greater than weapon two, then we're going to return a one because it's greater. Otherwise, we're just going to return zero. If it's not less than, it's not greater, then it's got to be equal, right? <laughs> so then we're just going to use the same array underscore sort. We're going to pass in the, the array of unsorted values, which is stored in my array sorted one. And then we're going to pass in that sort function, which is weapon underscore cost underscore sort. And I'll go ahead and say uh, for attack, it's the same thing. We're just changing weapon one attack or weapon one cost of weapon one dot I attack for all the different comparisons. So let me go ahead and run that. So we want to disable the string array, sort the weapon array, but then I need to go back here and look for my weapon array. So here's where all I got to find all the different weapons, the six different weapons. And the different sort methods. So we're going to sort. So we've got my array sorted one, my array sorted two, by cost and attack. I don't have by string. That's interesting. Let's see what this does. Okay, so here it is unsorted in the first column. Then sorted by cost in the second, so we got 100, 150, 180, 560, 640, and 980. Then in the third column, we're going to have sorted by attack 100, 980, 180, 640, 560, and 150. And if we wanted to sort by name for an object, we just do, do the, the same, we just change out these values for weapon one attack. We'd do weapon one dot stir name, but you would use the string comparison instead of an int comparison. Um, which is down here. So we would, so then we'd have to drop down and also do the case insensitive sort right there. So that's why I didn't show it in this example. So yeah, sorting, sorting objects by a string is a little bit more involved. But yeah, you can put it all in function and make it a little bit more uh, manageable, I suppose. Oh yeah, so this is not an example in how to build beautiful UI. So this is solely on sorting. We can do a whole nother talk on how to make all this look pretty. So my objective is to show how to sort these things uh, in the least amount of code or least amount of code reasonable without adding a bunch of, of yak in there to make it look pretty and everything. Because I found out with examples, if you start putting in a bunch of other crap in there to make it look pretty, then you kind of lose focus of what what the example is trying to show. So that's Game Maker. The next one is Goudo. I call it Goudo. Uh, I've heard this was maybe based on a book. Sorting Demo Goudo. But it looks like Godot. <laughs> or Godot. I don't know. 
So one thing is, I, I kind of wish I had done these this presentation in segments, like show do the example, then talk about it. So now I'm having to go back and remember what I how I sorted these with Godot like a couple of weeks ago when I did this. So let's see here. So it's sort of an integer string. Let's see if I can bring this up. So I got a demo manager. Then I got a script. So yeah, I got this set up pretty simple right here. Uh, in demo manager, it's going to be like your main re node. So a node is like a um, Unity ob game object or an Unreal actor. It's just an object. So in your root node, <laughs> you're going to have this func ready, which is kind of like your start method, and you just change this value to whatever sort you want. So I'm going to change that to demo zero, which is the integer sort. Scene, save scene. So then based on which value you've selected, either zero, one, two, we're either going to do an integer sort, a string sort, or <coughs> an object sort. So in Unity, you have gameobject.find, which I've always heard is a bad thing to do, but it sounds like in Godot, they expect you to use get node. Uh, and that's going to search all the nodes in your, like your little tree over here. It's going to find the one called demo integer sort. Then we're going to call setup on that. So demo integer sorts right here. We're going to look at the code. Um, so we're going to have a <coughs> unsorted label and a sorted label. Then we're going to have, like all the other ones in the previous example, we're going to have a, a an array called my array of unsorted value. I don't know if I can make this bigger or not. Editor. Can I do control? Yeah, there we go. There we go. So um, I'm going to have my array, which is going to be the unsorted array. Then we're going to have my array sorted, which is a sorted array. We're not going to do anything in ready. We're going to call this setup method. So I'm going to get uh, references to this unsorted label and sorted label. So this is kind of like the Unity UI text uh, right here. So we're going to grab a hold of that. And, and uh, then we're going to call sort integers and display arrays. So in sort integers, we're going to have my array. Then we're going to pass in, create this my array. So we're just going to have my array equals and within square brackets opposed to curly brackets in the other examples. We're going to have 75, 59, 11, 35, 3, 10, 10, 20, 21, separated by commas. Then to copy that array into the sorted array, uh, we're going to do myArray.duplicate. So that's kind of like the array copy in GameMaker. Then we're just going to call myArraySorted.sort, and that sorts it for you by integer. Pretty nice. And then we're going to display the arrays. So going to have uh going to build these strings right here which basically just say unsorted then we're going to display all the values in that unsorted array and then we're going to call set text on that label and then pass in that unsorted string from that array then we're going to do the same thing for sorted so and that's all in this 2d interface so you can see right here and click right there that's the unsorted label it's actually under a child of control then we're going to have a sorted label right there, which is also a child of control. So we're going to run this.
Yeah, this is kind of hard to see, but you can see it right here. Unsorted, 75, 59, 11, 35, 3, 10, 20, 21. Sorted, 3, 10, 11, 35, 59, 75, 20, 21. So, yeah, just call your array sort as long as it's a string. And also, see here, so, yeah, my array sort, duplicate. That's just for display purposes. If I was using this in an actual game, I wouldn't duplicate the array. I would just call sort and then be done with it. So, if you look at strings, okay, strings is a little bit different. So, in Godot, like GameMaker, it does do a case-sensitive sort. Um, you can use this method called sort custom, and then you pass in your array, your unsorted array, and then pass in your sort function uh, to define your custom sort. And a little bit different than all the other ones this custom function returns true if the value is less or false if the value is greater. So this one doesn't use the negative one, zero, one. I should have made a table with like all the different comparisons between the game development environment. So, so this one's a little bit different. It uses true false instead of negative one, zero, one. Um, but it's pretty simple. You just have func, sort, insensitive, you name it whatever you want to. You then pass in the two strings as parameters. So then I'm going to say if stir1, the first string parameter, dot two underscore upper with parens. So that's how you turn that first string into uppercase. is less than the, se the second string, dot two upper with an underscore. Then we're going to return true. Otherwise, we're going to return false. We're going to display the arrays the same way, setting those arrays, uh, uh, building a string, and setting those to the text value, text field using set underscore text. But we're going to do this two different ways. That'll display, I don't think I showed it right there. So let's go back to Gudo and go back to our demo manager, look at the code. So in demo manager, we're going to set the demo to 1 which means we're going to see the demo string sort. Let's look at the demo string sort. So here we are building the array, my array, orange banana, grapes, watermelon, lemon apple. I guess that should have been grape. I don't know. <coughs> Keeping the same what plurality. I don't know. Is it one grape or multiple grapes i don't know usually you don't you don't just see one grape in in a pitcher of fruit usually sometimes you see an one apple you see one orange sometimes you see multiple bananas and so that could be bananas but i usually don't just see one grape you usually see the whole the whole thing of grapes anyway that's a bit of a tangent so we're going to duplicate the array then call my array sorted sort so if you just call sort that's going to do the case sensitive sort then I have another array called my array sort insensitive. So we're going to duplicate the original unsorted array. Then do my array sorted insensitive dot sort underscore custom. Then I forget what this first parameter is. I don't know if it, you know, it doesn't have any like IntelliSense or hints or anything. But I think just passing cell. Oh, this means that you're, this is the class or the object that has your sorting method your comparison method so since i declared the sorting method in this script we're just going to use self 
So you sh and you pass in unlike many other languages, you pass in the name of uh, your sort function as a string. That's very important. So if you just put sort insensitive without putting the double quote double double quotes around these, then I don't think it'll work. So where is our sort insensitive at? I don't see it. Oh yeah, right here it is. So we just have it defined. Yeah, I guess in. Oh, there it is. I didn't have this lined up correctly. So yes, yeah, to so define your comparison method for two strings. We just have func f u n c space and sort insensitive, which I think is what I just showed on the slide right there. Yeah. So yeah, that's the two upper comparison return to return false. So let's run this. So there we go. We have an unsorted column, orange, banana, grapes, watermelon, lemon, apple. Then we have a sorted column, banana, lemon, orange, watermelon, all in, with an uppercase starting letter, then lowercase apple and lowercase grapes. Then we have the sorted insensitive uh, list, which is apple, banana, grapes, lemon, orange, watermelon, or case, doesn't matter. So I, th I think a lot of people, probably a lot of beginner developers will come in and create their string array and then call my array sorted and then get the output and say hey why isn't this sorted that's why because it's doing a case sensitive sort where all everything that begins with an uppercase character appears before everything that starts with a lowercase char character yeah i think i'm beating a dead horse but that's a very important concept to know and it all goes back to that ASCII value that I talked about earlier. So, uh, so a uppercase O has a lower ASCII value than a lowercase, or an uppercase O has a lower ASCII value than a lowercase A. It, it sounds backwards. You would think that the lowercase A would have a lower um, value than an uppercase A, but, but it's not, and it probably goes all the way back to Fortran and the old teletypes when all they had was the uppercase characters, so they probably defined all the, the ASCII values based on the uppercase characters, then they probably came in later and added all the lowercase letters, and then they had to assign numbers, so they didn't want to read, this is all my guess, I don't know, but I'm thinking they probably added those lowercase letters later, and then they didn't want to renumber the uppercase letters, so they just added those in later. So that's why lowercase letters appear after or have a higher ASCII value than an uppercase character. I could be wrong about that. Don't 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 quote me on that, but that's my hypothesis. And it seems logical to me. I mean, I would have to meet like the creators of Fortran and see Kernigan and Ritchie and who, who was, was Bacchus, Bacchus Nauer, I think created Fortran. I don't know if one thing that's always amazed me is like a lot of these guys, like uh, Larry Wall, who created Pearl as of, well, I guess it's been 20 years since I've been, did my undergrad, but at the time, a lot of these guys were still alive. So it would have been cool just to like call up, Kernigan or Richie and say, hey, how's it going? I don't know if they, but a lot of them worked at educational institutions. They probably wouldn't answer your calls if you called them. But I think it's really cool that all these pioneers of computing were, were like still alive. It isn't ancient history or anything. I mean, these are actually like real people you can talk to and everything.
So that would have been really cool to like have a class taught by one of those guys. Okay, so that's our string comparison in Godot or Godot. So now we want to sort objects. We want to sort objects in Godot. Checking my recording time, making sure everything is still functional <laughs> so I don't lose an hour and a half of, of presentation here. So you can use sort custom. So and that's what I just talked about. Then the function. So sorting objects is going to be very similar to our case in sensitive search. We're going to pass in our array of objects as the first parameter. Then we're going to pass in the the name of the function, the sorting function, as our second parameter, as a string in, in, inside double quotes. Very important. So let's go back to our demo manager. Come on, demo manager. Oh, I gotta click on the little scroll right there. Set the demo to two, which is sorting objects. Uh, let's look at our object sort right here, doing a lot of the same stuff, setting up the array. So I have a function, f-u-n-c, create weapons, which is going to set up our uh, weapon array, which, I, again, I just call it my array. So I just set up an empty my array right there. So setting up, setting up a custom node in Godot is, is somewhat aggravating. Uh, and in Unity, it's pretty simple. You just create your object, and you create a script, and you drag your script onto that object. Then, then you create a prefab, prefab folder, drag it in prefab, then you call instantiate, pass in your prefab, pass in a location, pass in your quaternion rotation, which I usually just use quaternion identity, or you can use like quaternion Euler. That's to talk for another time. In Godot, you create a node, and then similarly, you can create a script, which I have weapon, this weapon.gd script right here. That sounds that sounds wrong. <laughs> they should have called it something else besides gd, but anyway. Um, so I have three variables inside this weapon object. Store name, I cost. I attack. I'll start with starting with var space that declares it like an instance or object variable, and then I just have like a t-string just so I can print this out easily. And then I have it just returns this string format right here with the three values right there. And by the way, when you're building that string, you got to make sure you do stir, then pass in an integer within parens um, to convert that to a string. Otherwise, if you try to concatenate a a string and an int, I think it's right. That's one thing that's really annoying about some languages. So my first like big boy programming language was Java. And in Java you could just like take a string and do plus and an integer and then a plus a float and as long as it looks somewhat reasonable, it converted everything into strings for you. But in some of these languages you have to explicitly convert your integers into strings whenever you're concatenating strings together. So concatenate just means putting a string together. You have the first part of the string, then you want to add something else and add some. That's concatenating strings. So in some of these languages, you have to do like a string and then, then pass it in as a parameter to string or str, things like that. So 
I have a feeling that's something else that would hang up a lot of beginner developers. Like, hey, I just want to print out this object that has a, a name, an attack, and uh, a cost. I just want to print it out. You just want to use either double dots or plus. Well, sometimes you got to explicitly convert those integers into um, strings. So, yeah, this is like becoming a sorting slash intro developer tricks and tips talk, basically. Okay, so the whole point of this is you create this weapon node within your structure, but then you have to actually go over here and do like save branch as seen, which makes no sense to me. And then it gets like saved as a TSCN under your resources. Then you can come up and in your main sorting thing right here, you can instantiate it by doing like create a new variable. I have var space weapon scene because it's called the scene for some reason. And then you assign it load open paren and inside double quotes res. I guess that means resources colon forward slash forward slash. Then the name of like your object, which is a scene. Um, very hokey to me. I, wish, I think that's one thing in Godot they could really improve upon. Because that just doesn't seem very intuitive for instantiating an object or a node or whatever. But then after you have that, after you have that, then you can just say weapon, which I have a var weapon, equals then take that weapon scene that you just loaded and then you do dot instance. So that will create a new instance of that node. Then you can just assign directly. They're kind of like public, public uh, instance variables. You can assign to the name. Here I have club. Assign to the cost six forty, and then attack twenty four. Then here I use my array dot append weapon. That's the easiest way I found to add objects to that array. So I'm going to do that six times for each of the different weapon types. I'm using the same data that I used for the other examples. Um, and then <laughs> after we create our weapons and we're going to sort our weapons, so sort weapons, we're going to create a sorted array. So we're going to use my array dot duplicate, kind of like we did with the other ones. And here I have the three methods right here. So I have the first two commented out, but I got the three different ways to sort. All three of these are going to use my array sorted dot sort custom. Then we're going to pass in self because the, the sorting function is defined in this script. Then we're going to pass in sort weapon name. So sort weapon name is going to take two, you define it down here, func sort weapon name. It's going to take in two parameters, weapon one, weapon two. So we're going to say if weapon one dot stir name dot two upper is less than weapon two stir name two upper, then we're going to return true. Otherwise, we're going to return false, just like all the other string comparisons. So we're going to run that. So yeah, here we have it. Unsorted, club, bamboo pole, hand axe, blah, blah, blah. Then sorted, we're going to have bamboo pole, broadsword. You have your B's and your C's and your F and your H. Flame sword, hand axe. So we're going to comment that one out. We're going to do my array sorted, sort custom self, sort weapon cost. Or here's our weapon cost. Basically doing the same thing. We're just taking the first weapon, getting that cost instance variable, checking to see if it's less than the second weapon cost. If it is, we're going to return true. Otherwise, we're going to return false. Run that. 
So you can see in our sorted column now, we got 100, 150, 180, 560, 640, 980. And then the third way of sorting these, we're going to sort by attack. So in our sorted column now, we got 8, 15, 15, 24, 35, 40. Now there's like an edge case right here. We got two weapons with the same attack. So if you really wanted to, you could define... I don't, it'd be very difficult, but you can define a second method for sorting. Like right here, we have both Hand Axe and Copper Sword that have an attack of 15, but Hand Axe appears before Copper Sword, even though they both have the same attack. So if you really wanted to, you could come in like Weapon Attack. Actually, you couldn't, because there's no equal case right here. In other languages, you could say if... Weapon 1 attack equals weapon 2 attack. Then you could say if weapon 1.sternAim is less than weapon 2.sternAim. I don't think there's a way to specify a secondary search parameter if they're both equal in Godot. That's very interesting. That's one downside of having only return true or false. I don't know how you'd get around that in Godot, but usually it doesn't matter. You usually just want to sort by attack and you don't care if the second sort parameter. But that could come in, that could be um, useful. Like if you had a type, uh, like if you wanted to have like uh, bows and arrows as one type, and you'd have it defined as an energy, you'd have like bows and arrows, and you'd have swords, and they have pole arms or whatever and then whatever other weapon type. You, you may want to sort first by weapon type and then sort by weapon name or weapon attack or something. So I don't know how you would handle that in Gudo. You could, ha you could actually handle that in Game Maker and, and Unity and, 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 and the other ones. I don't know how you would do that. So yeah, that's uh, all three of these sort types in Gudo. Yeah, so here's all the Gudo functions right here that I just showed. So the next sort, the next environment we're going to look at is Unreal Engine. So I spent a lot of time, probably more time than I should have, figuring out how to sort in Unreal. And I also did C++. So this is my first time doing real C++ in Unreal. All the other couple, two or three games that I've done in Unreal have all been using Blueprint. So I was like, okay, it's time that I break down and learn how to do C++ in Unreal Engine because I don't think, maybe, I don't know, I didn't look into it, but I don't think it'd be very easy to sort objects in Unreal using Blueprints. Maybe it is, I don't know, I didn't look into it. So, okay, so one good thing about Unreal now, I found out, and I might have made this link a little bit earlier, before I started doing this presentation, but now uh, I found out how to actually run Unreal Engine directly um, from the desktop without running the stupid freaking uh, Epic Games Launcher. I hate the Epic Game Launcher. It's like I don't want to see stupid Fortnite and I don't want to see all the other stupid Epic games. I just want to run Unreal Engine. <laughs> So that was one of my gripes, and now I can just run Unreal Engine, so I'm much happier now. So, so here's my other complaint. I didn't know about this before. 
one real complaint I have about Unreal. I think I know why they did this. So instead of being able to just like create a C++ string, a standard STL C++ string, you can't. As far as I know, you can't easily create a string. You have to use the custom F string, capital F, capital S, T-R-I-N-G, in Unreal. Also, you can't use the standard C++ vector. It would have been so nice if we could just did like using STD and just use the vector. No, you can't. You got to use a T array, which I guess is table array or capital T, capital A, everything else underscore. And it kind of works like a like a, a, a C sharp list. You have T array, then in angled brackets, int or whatever data type. Is that yeah? Int is an atomic data type, or at least that's what we used to call it. I don't think a string is because a string is a combination of uh, integers. But I guess you could put F string in there. It's like a, a template, a, te- a template type right there. And you do T array int in uh, angled brackets for an int T array. And I'm just going to call it my array equals. And I'm going to use the same value 75, 59, 11, 35, 3, 10, 20, 21, close squiggly bracket semicolon. So we're going to display string unsorted. Display re- so display string is not a standard Unity C++ thing. It is a custom uh, method, which is down here in this. It's pretty hard to see, but in this lower right-hand corner. And I'll put slides out there for anybody that needs this to be bigger. I think it may look okay if you like run this in full screen. I don't know. But uh, I have this custom display string, which takes an F string as a parameter, and then it calls this G engine uh, pointer add on screen debug message open paren negative one sixty dot of color colon colon y then your string str then false f vector two d which is the location I think or no I don't know what that because it pushes up the point is. In Unity, you just call debug log, <laughs> and it does the same thing. But this is like this horrible looking. Uh, it, what I would do, I, I just have this uh, an overloaded method, and have like a version of this method with two parameters, like the string and the location. Be done with it. But it does push it up, so I don't know if that's really a location or not. I'm not sure. Oh, F vector 2D is the size. So I remember when I originally ran this, the text was way itty bitty itty tiny. So I used that F vector 2D to make it a little bit bigger. So, so I, I made my custom display string. And similarly, I created a display array function which leaps through every value in that T array and writes out a string comma separated with that so but the actual sorting of the array is pretty simple you just do my array dot sort capital s sort with no parameters then display that sorted array and there it is and unreal is actually really slow to you so here's sorting demo now the other aggravating thing about unreal is that the default scene has like these chairs and a table. 
So you always got to delete those stupid chairs and table. And then the lighting is baked in. So you always have to go back in and rebuild that. So it will take the lighting out. One, one thing that really confuses me is this compile option in Unreal right here. So sometimes, so, oh shoot, I already forgot how to bring up the code. Uh, I think I just have this demo manager right here. So everything in Unreal is an actor instead of a game object or a node. So let's open demo manager. One nice thing is it still opens everything up in Visual Studio. So if you're already familiar with Visual Studio for Unity, you're using the same editor right here, which is kind of nice. But I've had more luck going in and using, um, where is it? Build build solution instead of compile. Sometimes it's really weird. You can press compile and it won't your changes won't be reflected. Then you'll run it again a few seconds later. Then it then it will work. And I'm like, why did it work that time? I don't know. So this is our header. So this is the other real gripe I have about C. It's only a single pass compiler, so you always have to have your stupid .h header file right here. And you got to define all your methods and variables, instance variables, in your header file. And you got to spend all this time trying to balance, keep everything in the stupid header file balanced with what's in your CPP file. It's like, why can't I just make my CPP file then have the header file automatically generated? I don't, if they don't want to have a double pass compiler like Java and C Sharp, but I guess I can see because C came before Java and C Sharp, they didn't know how to write a double pass compiler, so they just said, okay, leave it up to the developer to uh, make a .h file with all the function definitions. Oh, and by the way, sometimes, like when I was doing classes in C and in Unreal, you actually have to define the class in your .h file as well, the class that you want to use. If I included the .h file for the class that I was using, then it would throw errors. Like, oh, you can't define it here. So I want to go ahead and throw that in before I forgot about it because it, that threw me for a loop for a while. So here's my, so we're going to call sort. So like the other examples, I got a demo manager colon colon begin play so begin play is kind of like initialize or start or whatever so i got three methods sort integer sort string sort objects i'm going to leave sort strings and sort objects commented out so this is what i was just showing on the slide right here so let's go ahead and build and build solution right there let's go ahead and build it in visual studio the nice thing about building this in Visual Studio is if you have errors, you're going to see a lot more details about the errors in Visual Studio. If, wait for this to finish. If you build it using compile, then you get a lot less information. So if you're trying to figure out what line of code the error occurred on, sometimes you don't see that in... Um, in the Unreal Editor using compile. Okay, it's finally finished compiling. I don't know how that got changed to Japanese. Okay. So you can also like hit compile right there. 
Maybe this is a little bit fast. It is faster if you've already compiled and you hit compile again. I guess it builds those internal objects and it just links them together. So we're just going to press play. So here we go. Unsorted. 75, 59, 11, 35, 3, 10, 20, 21. Sorted. 3, 10, 11, 35, 59, 75, 21. And oh, by the way, by default, when you use that, that method to display the debug. Where is it at? By default, this add on-screen debug message, if you pass true as this parameter after your string, then it's going to display the, the newest first, and then it's going to push everything down. So when you have your output, you're going to have to read down to up. But if you pass in false, then you can read it top to bottom. Otherwise, this is going to be backwards if you press true, which I think is default. So, then sorting strings in Unreal. So we're going to have our another T array. And like I said earlier, you can use that F string as the template or whatever right there in angle brackets. My array gets. Then we're going to do the same orange banana grape, watermelon, lemon, apple. Then we'll say display string unsorted. Display that array. Then we'll say display sorted. Then we're going to just use my array dot sort. Display array. So this does a case insensitive search, case insensitive sort by default. So you don't have to worry about converting everything to uppercase or lowercase or anything or doing any custom methods to sort the array. Overload uh, display. Ooh, that's a typo. Display T array of F string. Oh, so I have. Uh, multiple implementations of display array so i have three display array methods but i'm overloading them so overloading them means that you're going to have the same function definition or same method definition but you're going to pass different parameters then based on which parameters you pass it will pick which method of those three that it's going to call so if i pass in display array and I pass in a T array of weapons then it's going to weapon objects and it's going to call this one if I pass in a T array of F strings and it's going to call this one and then if I pass in a T array events then it's going to call that one this one right here and this is important because it varies ever so slightly so when we're building this output string to display the array like I said, with Gudo and all the other ones, you have to convert those integer values to strings yourself. So in C++, or in this kooky version of C++, this Unreal version of C++, you use F string colon colon from int, then pass in the integer value, which is that array index right there. But if we're passing in an array of f strings there are already strings so we don't we don't have to do that that was weird okay and i'll talk about objects a little bit later so let's go back comment out sort integers sort strings 
So here's our sort strings. Pretty simple, just my array sort, build, build. Yeah, so that was actually pretty fast right there. It's weird how sometimes it can take minutes to compile and sometimes it'll take seconds. Doubly compile. So we can see here unsorted orange, banana grapes, watermelon, lemon, apple, sorted apple, banana grapes, lemon, orange, watermelon. So we don't, yeah, case insensitive sort, which is kind of nice. Because I think by default, 99.9% of the people or developers who have an array of strings, when they want to sort it, they want to sort it insensitive. I don't know why, what case you would want to sort sensitive, case sensitive. Okay, so we've sorted strings and sorted, take that out. Sorted strings and integers. Now we want to sort objects. So I created an object called weapon. It took me a little while to figure out the correct way to define a custom class. So you want to create a custom class which inherits from actor. So you just go here, file, new C++. You want to use this one. Because I was like trying to make a new class down here or over here. But you want to use it in your drop down menu. Then you just say pick actor right there and you can inherit from actor. Then it's going to actually ask you about public or private. I think I just used public. So that'll create a weapon. I don't even think it appears down here, but it will appear in your editor and your public folder. So it's going to put your .h file in public, then it's going to put your class in private. So it's a pretty simple class. So whatever you, this is one weird thing about Unreal is whatever you name your class, if it inherits from actor, it's kind of like doing the Hungarian notation for you. It's going to put a capital A before your class. So it's going to do A weapon, colon, colon, A weapon, which is kind of weird. But it is kind of nice to go ahead and defines all this .h header stuff here for you. So if we look at the weapon header, here's where we define in this public section all the... Uh, all the instance variables. So first of all, we're going to have the constructor, capital A, capital W, weapon, a weapon constructor. Then we're going to have a string for the name, string name. Then we're going to have an int for the cost, and we're going to have an int for the attack. I think some people do an int 32. I mean, maybe that's more technically correct. I don't know. I just, I just use ints. So that's all there is to weapon. I mean, I didn't change anything in the actual cpp file i just defined these instance variables right there then in our demo manager let's go back sort objects sort objects so i'm going to create a t array i'm not sure if this is i think this is the right way to do it i mean it, work, it works for me so i created a t array of pointers a weapon pointers and then I call that my array. So then I'm going to have a function. I created a function called create weapon. I pass in a string a and two integer values, the cost and attack. Now, originally I had all this defined up here. And I was like, okay, I'm rewriting too much code. I need to put this in a function. So I created this create weapon function. 
So create weapon, like I said, it takes a string, F string, an int, and, a two, and two ints, cost and attack. So we're going to create a new pointer to a weapon. And you got to do this F actor spawn parameters yak. It didn't even use it. I don't, I don't know. So then we take our weapon and then we use get world spawn actor. Then we use the angled brackets and pass in the type, which is a weapon. And then we pass in the location as an F vector. It's kind of like using instantiate in Unity. Um, so pass in the location. We pass in a rotation, F rotator, then that spawn info. I don't even know what spawn info does. I'm, I'm not an expert, unreal C++ developer. So I just learned enough to learn how to sort objects. So we're going to take weapon, use that arrow dash greater than symbol, kind of like in C. Take the surname, then we're going to assign that to the first parameter. We're going to assign this first parameter to surname. Take the second parameter, assign it to cost. I cost and take the third parameter and assign it to I attack. Then we're going to return that weapon. So from what I understand, you have the, like in the memory of your program, you have the stack, which grows as you call function. Then you have the heap at the top. So whenever you uh, create, allocate this weapon right here, it's going to create it on the heap. So whenever the stack goes away, you're still going to have the reference uh, in memory to this weapon object. And since you're returning it, then you're still going to have the pointer to it, but it's just going to, you're going to, point it you're going to add that pointer to this new weapon uh to your my array using my array dot add so that's what you have here point pointers to a weapon a weapons using that star right there so yeah that's how i build all of the objects that are in the t array power goes out right now i'm going to be crying we'll stop and start this again so as a slight aside, I've had recordings that are recorded in MP4 format using OBS. and I just saw the lights flicker a little bit, and there's been rain lately. So if you're in the middle of recording an MP4 and it doesn't finalize, then you lose everything. Now, when, I was doing, when we're doing the meetings, then I'd use uh, TS, the TS format, which doesn't need to be finalized. But I figure since this is just me, then I'll just go ahead and do the MP4. But I still get nervous <laughs> during rainstorms and everything because I don't want to lose an hour and a half of a talk. So here, what we're going to do is to sort by the different object properties. We're going to use, I have this on the slide right here. We're going to use algo colon colon sort by then as the first parameter we're going to pass in my array then I, I then we're going to like pass in this ampersand this reference to my class my variable so in this case it's going to be ampersand a weapon colon colon stir name now that's why i say I, i'm not a fan of c plus plus because a lot of this still doesn't make sense to me i mean i started learning c plus plus back in like 90, 1999, and a lot of this still doesn't make sense to me. I guess if C++ was my first line, I, I still don't think I'd understand it. I'd rather just do C or C Sharp or Java. A lot of this stuff in C++ just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so so based on what we want to sort by, we're just going to change that variable to be either surname, 
I cost Rye Attack. And you can also pass in a third parameter. And this is stuff that doesn't make sense to me either. You can pass in a third parameter to your algo sort by, which is like T greater with capital T and G, and then an empty uh, angled brackets, then empty parens, and that will sort reverse. Or back, that makes I, I I don't understand. It's kind of I understand it in like Game Maker and Godot, but I don't understand this notation with the empty brackets and everything. It just I don't know what that's doing, but I understand the concept. So I understand it's like well, you can pass in t less or whatever right there, then that will sort it in order. So I spent a lot of time trying to. I read something online is like, well, when you sort using, where is it? When you sort by using tarray.sort, then it's going to use the less than operator to determine what order things go in. So I spent like hours trying to override the less than operator for my custom weapon class and I tried like 10 different ways and I could not get it to work correctly. Uh, in some cases, I would compile it and it would sort one way on one run, then it would sort a different way on another run using the exact same build. And I think I read something like sort it, sometimes it's, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, what's the word? Yeah, so sometimes it just doesn't work the way you expected it to. But I, I found another post that said, okay, yeah, just use algo sort by. That'll make your life so much easier. So that's the way I recommend. It's just a little bit weird with that ampersand a weapon colon colon stir. I guess that's getting the stirred name, but that would be on the class, and you're getting a reference to this on the class. I don't understand. I could understand like getting that parameter on the instance of that class, but not the class itself. So I'm not sure what it's doing there. But it works. Yeah, so I'll put it right here. MyArray.sort may be possible with overloading the less than operator. I couldn't get it to work. So if anybody out there wants to try, let me know if you get it to work, because I couldn't get it to work. Um, so yeah, remember... In your, this is probably, if you've done a lot of C++, I mean, this is probably common sense. But this is something that took me a few minutes to figure out. You got to include, and I know in my other SDL-like games, I've done this. I just wasn't thinking about doing it here. Uh, you got to include your weapon in, your weapon.h in your file right there. And as I said earlier, you also have to define class weapon here. That's stuff with C++ that drives me nuts. It's like, why? Why do you have to define? I know it's because it doesn't know what it is yet. So you have to define that prototype, or they call it something else. Forward, decor, forward declaration. <laughs> so, I don't know. So anyway, we'll sort by stir name, save, go back here. Oh, I need to recompile. Okay, so let's just try recompiling it here. See what it does. So, okay, compiling, see if it works. 
I think if you have good code, then pressing compile here probably does the same thing. But if you have issues with your code, pressing compile here doesn't help you. Let's see if it works. Yeah, there we go. So unsorted club, bamboo pole, hand axe, blah, blah, blah. Sorted, bamboo pole, B, before broadsword, BR, club, CL, before copper sword, CO. So that word. So if we go in here, uncomment out, sort by cost, comment out, sort by name, go here, press compile. I do like the little beep that it does when it's finished there. I just wish the beeps were a little bit different. Because whenever I press compile, I think it's already done because it's the same blip and bleep. So here we have sorted 100, 150, 640. Oh, that's not sorted right there. That did not work. Yeah, this is the same. This is still sorted by name when I did a compile. But I bet... Oh, let's just try it again and see if it works. Play. Okay, same thing. Now let's go here. Build. And I did save because there isn't a star there. Build. Build solution. Succeeded. Let's try running it now. Okay, now it's sorted by cost. 100, 150, 180, So pressing compile in Unreal did not compile it. Or for whatever reason, it didn't look at the demo manager class and see that it had been changed. Because I did save it after I made the change. Let's try it again. I'm going to save. Compile. I bet it's still sorted by cost. Maybe not. Well, that time it did sort it. <laughs> 8, 15, 15, 24, 35. So, yes, things like that to drive me, drive me up the wall. Maybe I missed. I'll have to watch this back later and see if I missed something there. Maybe I didn't save it. I don't know. Okay, so this is basically just showing what I just did. Sort by name, sort by cost, sort by tag. Okay, so this is the last one that I did. I worked on this one today. and This one's quirky. Some things are easy. Some things are a little bit more difficult. So, sorting in Pico 8. Let me go ahead and start Pico 8. Close that. Pico 8. Now, if I can remember what I called it. Can I just type in load? Will this bring up? Yeah, it doesn't bring up a uh, sort ints. Sort ints. I got it. Okay. So Pico 8 also has what they call tables instead of arrays. But it's basically an array. Um, there's no built-in method for any type of sorting in Pico 8. I thought that was kind of disappointing. I, I, I would have thought if you had an array, if they, they would have some sort function for sorting that array. So there's no built-in function for sorting in Pico 8. And this may be helpful for developers that use Pico 8 and want to know how to sort an array. So what you have to do is you create a function. You just call it function. And I called it sort. It can be whatever you want to call it. And you pass in print. And as the parameter, you pass in your table. You can call it whatever you want to. I call it T here. And then I found a really nice piece of code. I'll admit I didn't 
I used that code and modified, tweaked it slightly for this example. And I put a reference at the very end of that code if you want to go see it. It's pretty simple code, but it's an insertion sort, one of the ones that I displayed, showed earlier. So what we're going to do is for i gets 1, and that little hashtag t, that returns the length of your table, your array. Then we're going to say do. Then we're going to use this j parameter. We're going to set j to i. Then while j is greater than 1 and the value of j minus 1 in the table, the index of j minus 1 in the table is greater than the uh, current j index of the table, then we're going to swap those two values. So I think that that's what it's doing right here. t, j, comma, t, j minus 1 gets tj minus 1, comma tj. That's just going to take those two values and swap them. So it's just going to keep swapping down the row until that value is the lowest that it's supposed to be. So if you have a, a 5 and an 8 and a 9 and a 2, then it's going to swap the 5 and then 8, then the 5 and the 9. And then it's going to say 5 and 2. No, I'm already bigger than 2. I don't need to swap again. Then on the next round, it's going to like look at the 8 and 5, and the next pass through, it's just going to pass through everyone in there. Then we're going to do this, basically, J minus minus right here. J gets J minus 1, so we're going to go through. That's what it's doing, going down through all those values, swapping them all. Then once we break out of that loop, then we're going to look at the next index. We're going to keep incrementing um, that, that value right there. Yeah, you know, I yeah, J J gets I. So to create a table in Pico 8, <laughs> it's just my table equals, then we're going to use curly brackets, 75, comma, 59, 11, comma, 35, comma, 3, comma, 10, comma, 20, 21, close curly bracket. I don't know if the semicolon's needed. I figure it probably would have crashed right there. We can try it out. But we're going to print unsorted. Then I have this method called print table that prints out all those values in the table. Then we're going to put a new line that's sorted. Then I'm going to call my custom sort function. Like I said, this is going to be whatever you want to call it. Then pass in that table. Then we're going to print the table after it's been sorted. So then when we run, it's going to say unsorted 75, 59, 11, 35, 3, 10, 20, 21. Then sorted 3, 10, 11, 35, 59, 75, 20, 21. But I am curious. So that's what this is right here. I think it is important to define your functions at the top if you don't have this in a function right here. Otherwise, it's going to say print table doesn't exist. Print table function doesn't exist or sort does not exist. Um, but I can press escape, type run. That's what you see right there. But my question was, do I have to put the semicolon at the end of that? I don't think so. Let's see. Nope. But there's things about Pico 8 I don't understand. It's like, when is a new line allowable? It's like, can I just put in, can I put in a new line right there? See, that works. But since there's no, like, terminator symbol, like a uh, semicolon, I'm not sure exactly where you can break things. Like, can I do J equals I? I guess that works. I guess it's smart enough to know, I mean, to fix things like that. I don't know. So that's sorting ants in Pico 8. Lua. Well, it, it's either Lua or a, a Lua clone or a Lua-like language. I think 
I don't think it's like standard Lua, but it's close enough. I mean, it uses one as a start index for tables, so it's pretty darn close to Lua. Okay, here's sorting the string table. So, the one interesting thing about Pico 8 is there's no concept of uppercase characters and lowercase characters. So we don't have to worry about case insensitive sorts. It just sorts the string and you, you don't know if it's uppercase or lowercase. There's just one case of characters. So here we have my table gets orange, banana, grapes, watermelon, lemon, apple. We're going to print unsorted. Print the unsorted table. Then... Print the sorted table. We're going to use the same exact um, sorting method that we've defined for the integers. No changes at all are needed because we don't have to worry about uppercase and lowercase characters or anything. Then we're going to print that table. So, so what what do we have here? It's going to Pico eight. We have orange banana. Grapes, watermelon, lemon. I did this earlier. I just don't know why I didn't save. Run. Yeah, there we go. So we got unsorted orange, banana, grapes, watermelon, lemon, apple, sorted apple, banana, grapes, lemon orange watermelon. So with Pico 8 what you can do is save sort strings. Maybe it's so in Pico 8 you can do folder and we'll show you the folder. So see if it's in here. Nope, still ints. So I want to save sort strings overwrite yes so now if I look at sort strings, then it has the strings in here. So then I can just like copy these into whatever folder that I want. You can actually go into the Pico 8 configuration file and define where you want to set. They call them carts, the P8 file or carts. Uh, you can actually define where you want to save your carts or your save files. Uh, if you go into the Pico 8 configuration. But like every time I set up a computer or something, I gotta go back in there and reset that. So sometimes I guess it's just easier just to type folder than copy them, because that's always gonna work. So F5. So here's we're sorting an object table. So we're gonna have the same my table, but we're just gonna define it as an empty. I guess it doesn't need the semicolon. Just defined as an empty table. Then we're going to create a weapon. And then it's kind of like a... We're just going to pass in the, the instance variable name. I guess it's kind of like a hash. I guess it's a hash table. Name gets club. Comma cost gets 640. Attack gets 24th. So that's how we're defining our object. And then we're going to use the add keyword. So add to my table that weapon. So then we're just going to define... And they can all be the same name because we're creating a new pointer each time. So every time we create that weapon, then we're going to add it to my table. So we still have references to all those weapons. 
so it works out pretty good. So let's go in here. Oh, and by the way, if we're sorting objects, then we do have to slightly change the sort function, our custom sort function. So where we had T with the uh, square bracket, J minus 1, we want to add dot name or dot whatever we're sorting on. And then I think that's less than... If it's less than T square bracket J dot name, or this could be dot cost or dot attack. So let's do load sort objects. And yeah, you can see right here. So I had it set to attack. And also changed the print table method, which I actually show in the slide right here. So to print out that object, it's a little bit different. We've got to do this v.name and the concatenation operators dot dot. So we're going to do v.name dot dot, comma dot dot, v.cost dot dot, comma dot dot, v.attack. Um, so like I said, this is not an exercise in making pretty interfaces. Um, this is only to show the objects that have been sorted. So if you're really doing this in game, you'd want to have make this pretty right here or have have it print out in nice pretty columns and things like that cuz getting things to print in columns that's a whole nother talk. <laughs> that can be quite painful sometimes. So run. So I guess I should have started out with the name, but that's attack right there. So unsorted club, bamboo pole. So we got 24, 8, 15, 40, 35, 15. Then sorted by attack. Then we got the bamboo pole, 8, hand axe, 15, copper sword, 15, club, 24, flame sword, 35, broadsword, 40. And again, you could add additional code to have a second sort parameter since the hand axe and the copper sword both have an attack by 15. It's just you can't determine which one's going to be going to appear first when they're the same value. So let's go back and press escape. Go back here and let's do name. I don't know if you could like pass in. Yeah, you really couldn't pass this in as a parameter, but you could have like a select statement or a switch or something right there to say, hey, which one do I want to sort by? Oh yeah, and also change the title there or the display so we're going to say sorted by name run so yeah now we have sorted bamboo pole broadsword club copper sword cl comes before co bamboo pole is the first one ba comes before broadsword br then finally at the end we have flame sword and hand axe and so if we want to sort by cost, then we just change the cost right here. So yeah, if I didn't mention earlier, this is an insertion sort. I saw some other examples of people doing heap sorts and everything, but those seem to be long and, I don't know, not pretty. So the insertion sort for a short set of values seems to work pretty darn good. So yeah. Sorted by cost, 100, 150, 180, 560, 
So that is basically it. So what did we do? We did five, one, two, three, four, five. We did six different game development. How to sort ints, strings, and objects in six different game development environments. So here's some references if you want. Oh, I just put the link to the, uh, for that sound of sorting program, I just put the link to a video. But there's actually a website. And I think they go into a little bit more detail. You can actually download the source code for this too, which is pretty cool. Um, but yes, panthema.net. So I'll just go ahead and throw that in there as well. Sound of sorting. Um, yeah, here's some information if you want to learn more about Big Theta and Big O and everything. Um, when I was doing the C sharp, was it C sharp? Yeah, when I was doing the C-sharp with the I-comparable, there's a link to the page from Microsoft for the C-sharp on how to, all the information about I-comparable. Here's information about Game Maker Array Sort. So for basically all these Godot Array, here's here's the Array class and the sorting. Unreal Engine T-Array Sort from the Unreal site and Pico 8 table sources from Lexilawful right there. Okay, so that was a lot. <laughs> and appreciate everyone who sat through all of that. Um, when I post this online, hopefully I can do like the different sections. So if somebody just wants to like know how to sort differently on in, in C++ for Unreal, they can jump directly there and not have to find or scrub through the whole video or anything. But yeah, it was a very interesting exercise. I like doing common problems in different languages in different environments. So uh, I didn't know if it would be possible to display or prove that it could be, the these objects could be sorted in all those different environments. But yeah, I guess so. And I didn't do like, SDL or I mean I think mono game since it's C++ it would be very similar to or it'd be very similar to Unity I didn't do like Smalltalk or Java or, or any of that but I'm, I'm sure they're fairly similar. I didn't do Construct 2 uh, I can't think of it I didn't do JavaScript but I think all the other ones should be pretty similar to that. So anyway, as always, check out, let me go back. Check out noxgamedesign.org for all the latest information about our group. Got all the past videos and presentation slides and example code and what people have been working on in the discord group you can like join us in discord just by clicking discord right there go to the podcast and i think i updated the directory a little bit added some more information um one thing that i'm trying to figure out is like how to do the uh, handles for people because now I, I took out the links and now i'm adding people's discord handles so I'm thinking, it's like, well, should I go out and delete all the old handles and just only have Discord handles? Or should I put, like, Discord or, or Gab or, 
or whatever, MeWe or or whatever handle. Because like mine, I think it's an old handle, so mine mine should really be like Levi D. Smith or L.D. Smith and not L.D. Smith 42. I don't know. But anyway, check that out. Oh, yeah, and I, I made a slight update to the Gomenesai game, which is like, sorry, I added some additional models, like these nuts and buttons and these jacks, which it was a pretty interesting exercise to model those in Blender, but I think they came out pretty good. I used an array for the jacks, a Blender array modifier, so I just had to model the four arms around the side, and then I used an array modifier to space those out 90 degrees apart. Then I did the top and bottom, which don't have the little balls at the end. The buttons were pretty easy. I just used a uh, a difference modifier, uh, a Boolean difference modifier to make the little holes in the buttons, and I'd already had the pawns in there. And The nuts were pretty easy, too. I think I... I think the nuts I just started out with a uh, a circle with with only six sides. So if you if you need to make a hexagon hexagon in Blender, just make a circle with only six points, and that will make a hexagon for you. And then I just use the Boolean modifier to put a cylinder in there and drill the cylinder out. But it's almost done. I need to add music. I'm kind of in a slump on this one. Uh, I need to add music and add a couple of things like a, a hand over this. But uh, the gameplay's done, and it seems solid. I actually put an entry on my page for it. I just don't have... I just haven't put links to actually play the game yet. But hopefully I'll have that out soon. Hopefully by the time I post this, or not long after, I'll have the uh, playable version of this online. It's not going to have leaderboards. I couldn't really figure out a way to have leaderboards for this because you're playing against AI. I mean, it's like maybe completion time or something i don't know the thing is there's so many options to this you can modify the number of players and things like that so it's hard to have a consistent baseline on how people compete against each other so anyway that's going to wrap it up for knoxville game design or knox game design for jack for March 2021. Hopefully I'll be back in a month. And yeah, Ludumdare is coming up, I think, in April. I'm not sure if we're going to have a get-together. Well, I think it's just going to be a small group. If anybody, I don't know. Th times are weird, so I'm, ju I'm just going to keep plugging along and keep doing a presentation every month as long as I can and say, hey, if anybody wants to get together, it's cool with it. That's cool with me. Or if nobody wants to do Ludumdare, that's cool too. But anyway... Appreciate everyone out there listening and watching.